Welcome, welcome, my noble thespians and my happy troop of theater trolls. I'm your host, Dawn Westbrook, the biggest troll of them all, with my glass of Chardonnay. I hope you'll join me with a glass of something. And for the next few minutes, we're going to focus on the craft of acting, the art of directing, and embracing the process of this crazy career in the theater. I have some wonderful interviews lined up in the coming weeks, and this week is no exception. But first, this week's podcast is being brought to you by the Martha Hill Newell Playwrights Fund, whose commitment is to both local and national playwrights, and holds the belief that the relevance and vitality of American theater depends on the continual infusion of new works. So, Karen Turner Ward, Dr. Karen Turner Ward, um, it is, first of all, so good to see your face. I haven't seen you in so long. I know, it seems like ages, doesn't it, Dawn? I know, but you know what? We look the you same. Look great. Really <laughs> you look great. <laughs> you are just beautiful as you were before. And I have to tell you, I said this to you just a while ago, I don't know where to start with you, girlfriend, because you are such a rock star and I don't want you to downplay it because I was, I, when I first started doing this podcast, I wanted to get an idea of what James Lipton used to do on, you know, inside the actor's studio. He was mm -hmm. such a great interviewer and he asked such great questions, but I had no idea that he was a producer, a director, a writer, an actor. He composed, he danced because he was so serious in those interviews, right? Well, honey, he ain't got nothing on you or didn't. <laughs> Are all of those things and more, you sent me all of this stuff and I'm like, it's just mind boggling. Mine, I'm so proud of you and so happy. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you. Thank you. I am equally as proud of you. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing you have here. I've been listening to your podcast and I'm just so entertained by them. I'm just amazed by the people you had on, have had on so far. Thank I'm you. I'm looking forward to the people that you're going to have on in the future. Thank I'm you. I'm just excited for you. Well, you know, you, you know this too, you know, the longer you do this career and I have some pictures of you with some pretty famous people we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, <laughs> but the longer you do this career, the more you meet people and the more they kind of go off on their own paths. Next week, I'm having Brad Greenquist from VCU. Oh, wonderful. Who, I love Brad. Right? I love Brad. And so <laughs> successful, you know? Yes, and yes. So just with connections with VCU and then having lived in New York, it's just very exciting for me to reconnect with some mm -hmm. of these people and talk about theater and talk about where we are and where we hope to be in the future. And it's a little hard to talk about it now, right? Because, I mean, you're the chairman of the theater department at Hampton University. Why don't mm -hmm. we just start there? What are you guys, what kind of meetings are you holding now? And what do you think is going to happen with the college come fall with coronavirus? You know, we have no idea, Dawn. Mm -hmm. And that's the scariest part of it all because everybody right now, who could have thought, who thought that this could ever happen in mm -hmm. our lifetime? I know. You know, we just were totally unsuspecting, unprepared for this. Mm -hmm. So everybody now is pretty much, they're pretty much just looking at, okay, where we are now, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is actually involved in education, but even under that education umbrella, what's involved in the practice and the instruction of theater that you can actually resume in situations and circumstances such as this. So a lot of it deals with thinking about, you know, going back to the basics and thinking about what theater is all about, mm -hmm. you know, what performance is all about, what technical theater is all, you know, what going back to the basics and trying to, you know, come out of that with some semblance of, where we will land, you know, what we could where we could start. Right. And not knowing how long, too, I know. we're going to be in this situation, it puts it a whole new caveat to it. So you so, had, you stopped in the middle, not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, at the, the middle of the year in March. So right. all mm -hmm. the kids went home, right? Right. And I'm calling They had just come back from spring break. Oh my gosh. Yes, they had just come back from spring, just taken um, midterms, just gone home for spring break, just got back, sitting in the middle of class, and all of a sudden, the alarm goes off. You have to exit campus. You know, three days to exit campus, and you're like, wait a minute, well, there's a test tomorrow, there's a, a monologue due at the end of the week, there's, you know. Oh my gosh, so they didn't <laughs> Where's even your alert. score for that day going? <laughs> they didn't even alert the chairmen of the department to say well, before the well, alarm? It was, it was just that fast. It was I just know. that fast. Everything just kind of came to a dead stop, right? Everything. Right. 
Right. And um, it was crazy. And today, just today, this morning, um, you know, I have a 16-year-old daughter. I started this a lot later than you did. You have a beautiful daughter. In her, <laughs> Thank you, daughter. I'm not going to say her age, but she's a little bit older than mine. And uh, <laughs> we got a, a message that Henrico County here in Richmond, Virginia, is going to be all virtual. They had talked about different ways of how they were going to roll out in the fall. And now it's all virtual. All and virtual. I think that's probably the smartest way to do it. Now, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to stop me, too. Yeah. I forgot to ask you, honey. What are we drinking? We know what I'm oh, Well, I'm on that um, summertime Will Smith thing, and I'm drinking a little bit of a rosé here. A little, a little bit. bit. <laughs> Honey, that's in a bucket. It isn't, I got to tell everybody, it is in an iced tea glass. This girl is not messing around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, anytime you're in the company of Don Westbrook, we have to, you know, we have to come correct and make sure we are prepared. <laughs> you are so funny. Now, don't you pick on me now. Um, so, so everything is just kind of at a stop and do you have, have you rolled out any ideas the kids know, like how are you contacting them and the kids that are going to be new, the freshmen coming in, any ideas? Well, you know, they've been contacting us and you know, they're anxious. First of all, all of them, all of them want to come back. They oh. want to be on campus. They want to do their scenes on the stage. Mm -hmm. They want to, you know, go to class. They want to yes. take a test. None of them have expressed um, anxiety about um, 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 coming to campus. Right. Their anxiety is about not being on campus, which I find so refreshing. That is really good. I think that's wonderful. It means that you're doing something right. Yes. Or it means that they're tired of their parents and they want to get that. <laughs> I, that might, I, I actually, I need a little sip of wine, honey. Cheers to that because I'm so ready for my daughter to get back to school, you know. Um, so, <laughs> um, so anyway, so, well, good luck as you try to figure this out. Now, yeah, let's you. talk about Hampton University for a second okay. because I, when I knew I wanted you on this and you so graciously said you would, um, I went and checked the website and you sent me a lovely YouTube link about the theater department. You went in right out of college getting your master's at VCU I did. I did. and you were an associate direct professor, right? Mm -hmm. And you were assistant. doing assistant. assistant. Mm -hmm. And so you taught acting and then like forensics or something? Yeah, I did. I did anything they told me to do. <laughs> Smart I girl. Smart girl. And everything. And that's what I always advise um, young student, um, MFA students who are coming out. You know, sometimes you can't always choose to go into that um, first um, job in the academy. Right. You know, teaching acting styles and acting um, for the camera and things that you have been um, aptly prepared to do. Right. Sometimes you have to do what they want you to do because there's a vacancy, there's a need for it. Right. So, right. Um, you know, you do what, what the call is, what you need, what they need. And I did forensics and debate. I learned so much about um, Hampton University and about the students and about um, just being a part of the academy with that. So every experience that I had from assistant professor to full professor, really built upon the, the previous one. Right. Um, and so I was just really fortunate to have the opportunity to, um, to go in and, and, and climb that ladder very quickly and be able to- <laughs> Yeah, you kind of climbed, climbed it quickly, <laughs> girlfriend. You really did. And that was in, uh, what, 1986, seven? And it's pretty amazing that you jumped right into that from college. But I will say, like, you know, you tell your students, be ready to do whatever it takes, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, Eva DeVirgilis was on and she was an assistant stage manager for a show on Broadway. And I remember that I did running crew for your master's thesis. You probably Yay. don't remember that, but I did costumes <laughs> for you. I was backstage for you yeah. on your thesis because you were getting your MFA at the time that I was getting my BFA. Right, right, see right, right. You. So and I was doing know, Wait a minute. Let me stop you right there, Don Westbrook. Yes. Because even though you were getting your BFA, yes. You ended up with a lot of the MFA students doing a lot of their projects, their C's, in their classes, because you were what? One of the top actors in your class. And oh. you need to go ahead and tout that because you know you were. You are you so you. sweet. You are so sweet. But I actually, yeah, I had people in my scenes, but I was directing. And thanks to Dr. Kenneth Campbell, who was my mentor, who I just adored. And I know Dr. Parker loved you like mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. Dr. Campbell was really my mentor. And so he really encouraged me to start directing at a time that female directors really weren't being used that much. I remember right. there was a woman who directed at the public and they were like a female director at the public. 
you know? <laughs> and so he was, he loved that idea. And so he was like, so I was kind of one of the first di female directors in Richmond mm -hmm. and Carrie Warmold, who was in your, Carrie, in your class. Yes. She mm -hmm. is too. And, uh, but thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. That's mm -hmm. really sweet. Mm -hmm. So let me, let's talk about when you went down there and were you married at the time? Actually, yes, I was. I was. Okay. Um, I was married, but um, shortly after I arrived there, my husband um, died of a heart attack. Right after oh. I had, um, we had my my child. The one you mentioned earlier, her Jade, and she was only actually six months old when he passed of a heart attack. Oh, so there I ended. Um, I was there with um, no family in um, Hampton, Virginia. Bless single mother with all this responsibility and a six-month-old child and i was like oh my goodness what am i going to do oh, and then God. i started thinking about you know what about all the other single mothers out there who've had you know jobs and responsibility mm -hmm. and ended up having to just you know make do make a way so and I you had a give up you know you you had you well that that comes from your spirit you're, you're, I'm not, I mean, you can just look at your resume and see that you are just a go-getter. You've never not been anything other than that. Um, but so a lot of people don't have that or they start, you know, they get depressed and I'm sure you had moments of, you know, being overwhelmed, oh, but you had a friend down there who um, had family, right? A mom, wasn't it uh, Faye Walker? Was it her oh, yes, family? Yes, absolutely. What I would, I don't know what I would have done without Faye and her mom and her sisters. Mm -hmm. Faye actually direct, she was the choreographer yes. for my senior thesis at, um, my MFA thesis at VCU. I remember. She's Black fantastic. Mm -hmm. She was one of the African dancer and choreographer. She runs the Easy Boo Muntu Theater Dance, Dance Company, Company mm -hmm. here, and she still does. And I just yes. saw her at Christmas at um, a, a job that I was interpreting, and she didn't know it, but I was watching her. And it, really? the storytelling, oh, yeah, no, oh it was fantastic. <laughs> I didn't say that to you the other day. I, was gonna, I wanted to wait and tell you when mm -hmm. I was here. But her family, you know, it takes a, it takes a village, right? Hillary mm -hmm, Clinton mm -hmm. says. So her mom, who had kind of given up daycare or, or watching kids, kind of mm -hmm. came to your rescue, didn't she? Yes, she did. And I took um, my <laughs> daughter over there because Faye had told me, you know, my mom really doesn't help with children anymore. But if you take her over there and you get her to pick her up, <laughs> she just might reconsider one more baby. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I, this is a long shot, but I'll try it, Faye, you know. Uh -huh. So, and the rest is history. You know, she uh, basically was a second mom to Jade um, through uh, that whole whole terrible terrible time in my life as well as when I went on to get my my PhD at Regent um, she, University correct yes, Regent at Regent, at Regent yes mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact I was because of Jay's age I really went in, in, into it you know head first and I ended up being the first person to ever get a PhD from Regent um, oh my gosh unbelievable so, I was, because I was just so motivated, Dawn, I had to hurry up. This child was growing up so fast. Right. So I took, you know, double the courses. I took summer school courses. I um, just did, I just basically killed myself. You and know. you were running the theater department at the same time. And chairing the department, yeah. Chairing yeah. the department. And not only are you expected to chair the department, but you also <laughs> have to run the events. Right, the special yeah. events. Right, the, the special department's events in charge and, of that. And the and, ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're ceremonies. Let's just tap on that for a second. Um, you have some pictures that I saw, and I went, well, my goodness, we're going to be posting these because I feel like I should kiss the hem of your garment. You with, <laughs> you with Obama, when did he speak at Hampton? When did he come? Uh-huh. Well, as soon as he was president, we were the second school that he gave a commencement address to. Arizona was the first one, we were the second one. And let me just say, well, oh Dr. Harvey, he is just such a wonderful leader and he put such faith in me uh -huh. and Dr. Danley to uh, orchestrate the coming of a president. And if you ever have an opportunity to do something like that, you, you would know that your whole life changes in a, a moment. Once that's announced, everything your whole world changes right so for um from january really until may 
Mother's uh-huh. Day. Right. My life turned upside down um, yeah. because we were in preparation for the presentation of a president. And we were dealing with the White House, the Secret Service, the community, the everything from the, um, um, uh, the police officers to the sheriffs to the state troopers. It was just really quite overwhelming. Um, there were at least two or 300 emails a day to answer. <laughs> So, um, just, just 200, 200, 300 emails, <laughs> just tell me that. But it was something, it was an experience that I really appreciated because of the trust that was put in me by Dr. Harvey, but also because, I mean, how many times in your lifetime do you get to, to do orchestrate the coming of a president? You can direct all the productions you want to in life from Broadway to international tours, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But the coming of a president and takes that, on a whole new dynamic. Yeah, pull out the royal carpet, you know, I mean, the red carpet and just treat like royalty. I mean, it must have been, uh, how long was he there? Did he come in that day? Did he come in for dinner? He came in that day, Uh um, along with his um, Secret Service, who roll out of the back of these SUVs, um, Humvees with, um, and they do these flips with their guns on their side, you know, and I'm like the SWAT Do they team. really? Oh, one, one young lady, she couldn't have been more than five foot tall. And she rolls out the back of the, the, <laughs> with the gun. I'm like, oh my God. And then I just remember one, one of the White House aides um, pushing me against the tent going, Dr. Ward, watch out, here comes the tank. And that's when the tank rolls up into the, to the, to the, um, the tent, to, which has the president in it. And I was oh. like, oh my goodness. He goes, do you know how, that, how much that thing weighs? I'm like, uh, I don't know, but I was getting ready to be squashed by the it. Tank. But the it's tank. such, it's so magnus, magnificent, Dawn. It's just oh. the way that's orchestrated, the, the, the precision, the attention to detail. They've got it, it down to a science. Oh, I mean, it's do. unbelievable. Now, I got one more one question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he as sexy and good looking in person as he is? He is better in person than his pictures do him no Get good. Out. I mean, they just don't do it justice. He's oh. just the most handsome, <laughs> humble, sweet, kind person you could ever imagine. Oh, my gosh. And so gracious he really is about well, everything that you that, do i'm posting that picture on facebook okay. you're gonna see okay. K- dr karen turner ward with a, a president obama right and then you also <laughs> sent me one the um honorable uh, john lewis who just passed away yeah. such a sweet sweet person um uh, a lot of things that people don't know about um 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 uh, representative lewis he was just um such a humble uh, unassuming man. He he requested so little of people. Many people don't know that when he traveled, mm-hmm. he traveled through the airport alone. Wow. Um, he he made you know he didn't have a bunch of secret service with him. He went to the little kiosk and put his little ID in, just like you and I would. Um, he was just such an unassuming person. Was he there to give the commencement address for another yes, he year? Yes, he was. Okay. He was. He was there in 2015 to give the commencement address. He was. Um, and one of my responsibilities as chair of uh, ceremony occasions is to, of course, assist with um, things like the, um, the speaker and, of course, line up and all those kind of things that ceremony occasion people do. But um, he was, um, we were in lineup and he, we were talking and, uh-huh. you know, he goes, oh, uh, good doctor, uh, would you help me with my cap on this slick head of mine? I didn't put the part about his, he used, made fun of his slick head because, you know, he was bald. Oh. And um, he, even when he was joking, though, he had a, an austere, serious look about him that, you really? know, that he was always thinking about, you know, what he had to do next, what his next um, um, checklist on, uh, item on his checklist was. He asked you to help him with his cap, so I'm going to have a picture on that. This Karen fixing the cap of John Lewis. John Lewis. Um, he rest in peace and just so, so lovely. And um, so I want to say, too, that I'm, I'm so sorry about your husband's early passing. He was in the service, correct? No, actually, he worked at Langley. He, oh, he worked, worked at Langley. He was um, uh, um, a not in the actual arm in the Air Force, but he worked on the military base. What did so, he do? Um, he worked with the maintenance area in, on, okay. on the planes and um, different aspects of that. Um, not, he didn't really even talk about the details of what his um Right, they really can't. Do. Yeah. <laughs> They're one of those secret jobs, so he can't yeah. really tell you what he was doing. A but lot of the details of it. Just yeah. amazing that you were able to carry on with the loss. And I met him because he you were dating him at VCU, right? Yeah, 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 good. Yeah, Sweet, good-looking yeah. man. What was his name? 
a ch charles uh-huh. yes charles, oh yeah. yeah you turned into a different person when he would come around after shows or <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. so yeah, yeah you kind of melted mm-hmm. <laughs> you have been at hampton for 36 years correct mm-hmm. yeah wow. and just no plans to change just keep on going keep on trucking for a while huh yeah well you know every time you think you're gonna um start a new project you mm-hmm. finish one project two more pop on your plate and well they do uh, when when you're you when you're not prepared to an award they do some people can plop something else on your plate you know excuse me writing songs for miss jennifer holiday let's talk about that for a second um, tell me about how you know jennifer holiday and that you have a moniker that you use you are a composer and um i sent you a funny message today because i was listening to some of your music and i thought she's not gonna know what in the world i'm sending but two notes into one song and mm-hmm. I got chill bumps. Oh, and was it Encourage? What was the song that... Uh, love to Call My Own? Love to Call My Own. Mm-hmm. And in own. two, two measures, I got chill bumps up my arm and I didn't want you to think that I was lying. So I took a picture <laughs> of my arm. She did, she did. Then I sent it to you. It was so funny. I'm not lying. It is absolutely fantastic. So that was one song. But talk to me about touring with Jennifer Holiday, writing songs for her. Talk a little bit about Miss Jennifer Holiday. Okay, well, it was so amazing how that started. I was on tour performing in a show called Stop Cheating. Mm-hmm. And it was a national tour and it was with Cuba Gooding. And I Cuba was- Cuba Gooding senior or junior? Senior, senior for the main ingredients. Um, okay. Um, Not Cuba everybody- Gooding junior who was in Jerry Maguire. That's his son, right? Yeah, that's his son. Um, Senior is the one who sang with the main ingredients, and a lot of people 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 will recognize him from um, um, uh, some of his songs. Um, and he sang with them for years and years, really? and then he went on tour with a lot of shows. Okay. Um, Everybody plays the fool sometimes. That's him. That's Cuba Gooding, right? Oh um, my gosh! And I, I had to sing a that. duet with him on stage. What did you sing? <laughs> Uh, what did you say? I, I sang that song with him on stage. Oh. Yes. Uh, every, uh, everybody plays the fool sometime. And it's so funny because after we did that tour, um, it was with um, Sean LaVert and a bunch mm-hmm. of really, really big names. Um, I started looking at when we were on tour, I started looking at the way those tours were put together, uh-huh. the way the plays were written, the songs, et cetera. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. Yes. I think I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I bet that would be what you would do, girlfriend. That would be it. No stopping you. So you went, I think I can do that. So what happened? I started writing a, a story called Mama D's Girls. And I finished the, um, the story. I wrote the play. I wrote the music. Okay. And I sent it to the same people who um, produced um, uh, Cheat, Stop Cheating, and they loved it. They had five plays that they were considering, right. and they automatically they threw the other four plays away and decided they were going to back Mama D's Girls. And then they so sent you're saying play, play, but it really is a mu- is it a play it's with a music or is it a musical? Play with, okay, it's a, mu- a play with music. And they had um, they sent it out to some of the people that were going to be in the that they usually you know book, mm-hmm. and they sent it out to Ollie Woodson um, of the Temptations. Um, they sent it out to Charlie Wilson, um, Charlie last name Wilson. He was in it too. And Jennifer Holiday, Shirley Murdoch, Sherelle. Oh um, my God! Uh, all these people, and they all wanted to be in this play and not the second play because he put sent out two plays to them, and so he was like, "Wait a minute, we can't afford all these stars to be in these this one play, um, Mama D's Girl." And so um, he said, well, what we'll do is we'll rotate and we'll have like two of them in one uh, for for a few weeks and then we'll have two more. And I was like, what in the world is he doing? But he couldn't tell them no, because all of them wanted to be in Mama D's Girls. What is Mama D's about? Tell tell the listeners what Mama D's is about. It's a play about a young lady who wants to dream her dream. She wants to go off and be a star. Okay. But... Her mom, who is very, very in, in, um, into the church, tells her, no, this is not the life for you. And she gets involved with this young man named Junior, okay. um, who Courtney, the, the guy who I talked to you about, who arranges a lot of the music for me um, and sings on some of the songs. Um, she goes off 
with Junior to become a star. And she soon finds out she gets involved with um, some producers who are really shady. And she gets involved right. with, um, goes to jail for murdering someone, but she's really accused falsely. Wow. And now, was that Courtney's voice that I heard on the song that I love? I love to call my own. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love to call my own. It's the sequel to Mama D's Girls. Wow. And, so you didn't just stop there with that one. You oh, went no. ahead. And, you know, went ahead and did a sequel. Yeah, we did a sequel to it. Um, and in the sequel, I love to go on my own, Tank, the R&B star of Tank was um, 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 a star of, of was featured in that. Uh-huh. But um, back to Jennifer, Jennifer was one of the um, first ones, stars to, uh, to be in Mama D's Girls. And this is post um, Dream Girls. Yeah, post- yeah, this is post Dream Girls. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So we sent her the music and we sent her the script and she called the producers and she said, um, I don't know who this girl is, but I want her to write me one more song. And I said, oh, you don't just sit down and write another song. You do if it's Jennifer Holiday asking you to write I said, it. said, Lord Jesus, help me father. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh, Anna. <laughs> So what did you do? She said, I need a song. So what'd you do? She wanted three songs in the show. She felt she had to have three songs in the show. So um, I, 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 I did a lot of sweating and a lot of praying. And, mm-hmm. and I ended mm-hmm. up writing, um, which, and I realized that I hadn't written the signature song, Mama D's Girls, for the, for the show. Okay. So I said, That's, that makes sense. I'll write the signature song and she'll sing it. And it'll be Mama D's Girls. So I wrote the signature song, Mama D's Girls. And... Um, I uh, introduced it to her. She loved it. Unbelievable. And you sent that to me. I don't know if I can put it on the Facebook page, um, you know, of her singing it. But boy, one word, one word into that. And you go, I know who that is. That is Jennifer (laughs) Holiday. Unbelievable. And you go under the name KT Price. And I'm honored that you're allowing me to to mention this. I did not know that you were a songwriter. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. But see, Don, it really started back with um, I'm Black When I'm Singing, I'm Blue When I Ain't. At BCU. The Sanchez's yeah. play. Right? With Waters, Our Waters, yeah, when we were trying to um, put together that piece for my MFA thesis, you know, that's when it really started to to write. And Al Waters um, was the jazz pianist. Didn't he run a jazz group here yeah. in Richmond, Virginia? Mm-hmm. Sax- saxophone player. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably good saxophone player. Um, mm-hmm. And so he worked with you. And um, so that was when you kind of realized you could write music. I, I, had, yeah. I remember when you were working on your thesis and you, were, and you had to do classes and they mm-hmm. also had you teaching. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you have not stopped. You hit out the gate and you have not stopped from the moment <laughs> you left there, even while you were there. And I remember there were days and even when you were your most frazzed, you were like, you know what, girl? You know, Dawn? I'm just going to take one day at a time. You never let it get to you. You always just kind of kept a, a stiff upper lip and you always were positive and you were always kind. So I can see that that has not left, that that has continued. So you got to tour as well and perform. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that was the best part about it. You know, typically, with, well, with Stop Cheating, I was uh, acting in it. So that was easy. Okay. You know? And how old was and, Jade? Was Jade born when you were touring? Oh, Jade played check this out. She was only, I forget what age she was. She was, but she did, I didn't want to leave her at home. So the producers were like, well, okay, okay. And they let Jay play Sean LaVert's daughter in the play. And that where she so, got her start because she's quite famous as well. She works with Mrs. Yeah, Tyler Perry. Yes, she mm-hmm. played Sean Levert's daughter in Stop Cheating on God's Time. And so here she is riding in um, the uh, transportation to different shows with these uh, stars. And they're all saying, Jay, sing this song. Jay, do this song. Jay, can you bark, imitate me, Jay? Oh. Imitate you. And, and it was so funny. And I was like, y'all stop picking on my baby. You How know, old was she? How old was she when she was doing this? Couldn't have been more then, oh gosh, she must have been about what, eight or not eight, about eight. Oh, bless her heart. And aren't yeah. you a good mom just to take her with you on the road? And you yeah. all have a really good relationship. And I, I understand now that she's there with you from LA. She's living with yeah. you. And she also teaches yeah. at Hampton. Yeah. She's teaching yeah. like film yeah. or like a great class on what to expect, not just stage work, but how to work on camera. Correct? Is that right? Right, Do you feel right, that's important? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have a... Doing, um, go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, no, no I was, was, was going to yeah, ask we, you about what you're already getting ready to talk about come midnight. So yeah, talk about we that. have really, um, one of the things that I try to encourage my students to do is to make sure that they are always employed and to have the ability to um, transform from one or transfer from one um, genre to another genre. Mm -hmm. If you get a job that's open, you want to be ready for a theater job. If it's a, a, a commercial, um, and be ready for a commercial. If you're ready right. for, if it's a film being cast, be ready for it to, you know, if you're ready, you don't have to get ready. You know? That is unbelievable because some of my other podcasts with some pretty good, you know, celebrities, they're saying they're, that's not taught in their universities where they've been. So the fact that Hampton University and what you have decided that you need to be marketable and you need to know how to, to work into, and now with theater, we don't know when we're gonna be back in right. one room together again in a shared right. experience. It's fabulous that you've got this, and Jade, is it Jada or Jade? Jade, we call her Jada, but her name is Jade. Okay, mm -hmm. She's beautiful and she's a little mini me. You <laughs> look identical and so great, and you're in. <laughs> Come Midnight, right? Yeah, Come Midnight. That's the YouTube um, series that we produced. The first one um, we produced uh, using mostly, mostly students from school, but some community people, some professional actors, and we brought in um, um, a, a DP from Virginia Beach, North Carolina area to come in and film it and did very little money, but I wanted to see what they could come up with. So we came right. up with a good story. Mm -hmm. um, they wrote it, um, we wrote it, we produced it, we um, directed it, and it was such an overwhelming response to it, Dawn. It was. Said, I'm going to post the YouTube link that you sent. Okay. You guys, you have got to watch this. It okay. looks so professionally done. Oh, it looks like a TV good. show. And it's just on the web on the YouTube link right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you've done one season? Is, can yeah, I say done one season, and we have another one in the can okay. um, that's being uh, in post-production now. And we're working on getting that out. And now that we're all stuck in home, our houses mm -hmm. and with um, things running out on television to watch, um, we're going to start um, sending that out to um, episode. We did nine episodes this time. Like Amazon two. or Netflix or yeah. you know, Hulu or any of those. Send them out and see what yeah. it's really good, you guys. Oh, so man. I can't wait for people to see. That. And it's just so great. So the kids write it. And no, actually, and Jade and one of the seniors in the, um, one of the seniors in one of her classes wrote most of the episodes for season two. Season one, she wrote, but season two, um, um, she and one of her, uh, Michael Gatlin wrote, uh -huh. um, and uh, they directed and they shared directing and they shared um, writing credits on it. Um, but the students from Hampton helped to produce it and acted in it, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it is um, really, really good. Yeah. And so, yeah, now's the time to be doing post-production. That's really good. Um, right. You know, something to kind of keep yourself busy and she can write. And she's there. You said she's turned her your, your floor, your second floor, your third floor into like a YouTube studio, correct? Yes. I can see <laughs> and all the speakers and everything. So you're in her studio. Are you in her studio in your home right now? Yes, yes. It's amazing. And when she introduced the idea to me, I said, we're going to do what? She said, oh, yeah, it won't take much. And like three weeks later, four weeks later, five weeks, a month later, I'm like, are we still working on? Yes, we just got to buy one more thing. My mom's like, okay, okay. Oh, but it's cute. amazing how creative they can get, you know. It's unbelievable. And I know, Mama, I know you're glad to have her home with you during this time. Yeah. And so you're not, you know, there alone. And, you know, you guys just look like you have a great relationship. Um, so that is another successful feather in your cap. Good for you. Thank you, darling. Uh, I, I really am like just humbled at how amazing what you've done with your career. I mean, I always had a soft spot in my heart for you. I always just loved being with you and around you. Um, and theater departments can get kind of sticky. It can be a sticky wicket sometimes. It can be mm -hmm. not so fun. You do a scene, doesn't go well, or people want to get cast and not everybody can get cast. And support sometimes is not exactly as, as much as you would mm -hmm. like. You were always supportive and always made me feel good about being in the department. Um, so Ruth Carter, let's move on to another big name. Ruth Carter, excuse me, Oscar for oh, yeah. uh, Black mm -hmm. Panther for costume mm -hmm. design. Talk to me about, what did you call her? You have a nickname for her? Ruthie? I call her Ruthie. Yeah. Her middle name, she goes by Ruth E. 
wonderful, wonderful human being, first of all. Beyond all of her creative um, abilities and her talent, she's just a sweet, genuine person who has the ability to just warm up a room, you know, um, just by her, her personality and her ability to just um, bring you in and be interested in who you are and what's right. on your mind. And she went to Hampton and she left Hampton and she got, she was affiliated for a, such a long time with uh, Spike Lee and his films. And okay. she, right. but she, you know, she went way, 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 way beyond that. And if you look at her, uh, her page, you'll see that she has worked with some fabulous, fabulous artists. It's unbelievable. The list goes on and on. That, Ruthie has worked her butt off in the industry. Everything that she Ruthie has. gets, she has worked for, you know. So she wasn't a teacher at Hampton University. She no, was no, a no. student? Mm -mm. She went straight into the professional world and she's been designing and working on sets and in theater and designing for um, individuals ever since. From yep. Eddie Murphy's um, wardrobe on Saturday Night Live to, um, I mean, Black Panther to Armistead to, I mean, you name it, Malcolm X, Ruthie's done it. She's and amazing. And uh, Black amazing. Panther, the costume, so creative. And, uh, you know, to run a movie, I mean, when you do a theater, you know, you have costume design for theater, but when you're doing a movie that's huge and you have extras it's and you huge. are, it's huge. And she's so talented. Um, so, you know, again, there's another name um, that you have been affiliated with. Um, let's talk a little bit about, there's a quote I want to move on to. We've talked about chairing the theater department. We've talked about tours. We've talked, I want to talk a little bit about directing and that's going to lead us into another hot topic right now. Um, since okay. you'd be okay for it. Um, one of the quotes on your, uh, on your resume says that about directing mm -hmm. and I quote, I enjoy directing plays with artistic integrity, ranging from modern to classical theater. In addition to directing the classics, my expertise lies in directing plays dealing with the black experience, as well as in musical, theater, opera, and original works. Um, talk to me about um, that and how you select a season for the university, keeping that as your goal or something that is true to your heart. How do you, how do you select a season and, and do that? Well, we always try to keep in mind um, three things. First and foremost is, of course, what is going to engage and enrich the students um, that we serve. Okay. Because they are our consumers, and that's who we're, we're preparing right. to go out here and, and, of course, get those jobs and gain those opportunities. Sure. And then we also want to keep in mind that you know, without an audience, there is no theater. Um, so we want to do things that people want to see, people that are gonna make them think, mm -hmm. that are gonna make them um, be better or be different or changed as a result of seeing it. And then lastly, and I'm definitely not um, least, but we also wanna do things that the faculty who are going to be directing these productions mm -hmm. are going to be not just capable of pulling off and doing to the best of their ability, but sure. we're gonna be interested in, um, in, in, in as well, as far as growing as artists and growing as individuals. And so keeping these three things in mind, we try to come up with a cadre of plays, of productions that will complement both our mission as well as fulfill those objectives. Okay. And that is sometimes a very hard, hard bill to fill. That is um, because quite you can a bit. do one thing but not the other. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Don, you get to you get to a point where you just say, Okay, I'm not gonna please everyone. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna please everyone, but I'll try to please that pe those people next year. Or I'll right. try to please those people next year. That was one of my questions. Do you as running a theater department, do you try to pick plays that you know you've got students coming up that could actually do the show well? Is that part of what your thinking process is when you're picking shows for the following year? Well, some of, part of it's that, okay. but we do know that if you plant it, it will grow, mm -hmm. meaning that we will always, since we don't only cast students in the theater department or majors. We allow students from the music department or any department on campus. Okay. Um, and even people from the community can come in and audition for our productions. Well, you better keep me in mind because I'm going to come down there. Well, you come on down here, darling. <laughs> when the theater opens up. You know how I feel about you. So you come on down here. <laughs> it's like, 
we'll come down and run costumes backstage for you again. I'll do that. Um, so you try to incorporate the community. And I was wondering if you brought in like professionals, you know, mm -hmm. to be on stage with, because I know University of Richmond does that. And, yeah. you know, you does it. Some VCU was very, when you and I were there, it was like, you didn't infiltrate. If you were a dance student or a musical theater right. student, music, right. you didn't infiltrate. The departments were very segregated. And yeah, yeah. And, but now I think it's, it's much more, um, you know, sociable. I think they're, they work mm -hmm. together to create projects. And I wish it had been like that when we were there. Yeah. But um, what a great thing to do. Now, yeah. do you, Hampton University is predominantly uh, African-American black, right, right? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and so when you pick a season, do you usually pick like August Wilson? Do you pick shows that have to do with the black experience, like you said here in the Senate? Mm -hmm. Or... Well, it, it, not necessarily. Okay. You know, we want to expose our students to all genres of theater, all types of theater, from all types of playwrights. I mean, my daughter, for instance, Jade, has been bugging me and bugging me for us to do, oh my God, Tennessee Williams' uh, Streetcar again. I said, Jade, if we do Streetcar again, I'm not doing Streetcar. Stop. You know, she slips me little pieces of paper. Did she, she play she, Blanche? Did she want she to do wants to. She wants to direct it. She wants to be in it. She just loves Streetcar car you know and I'm like oh. I'm like okay Jay she we saw it in New York with um what's his name from um what's it just went out of my head oh wait on Broadway just recently um, uh, yes uh what's his name he's a he's a cutie from Virginia Petersburg what's his oh, name Blair. Blair Underwood Blair Underwood who was it Blair Underwood yes Blair Blair we saw oh. it with Blair oh he is so we were on second row I thought I was. I thought she was gonna pass out. I said, Jade. Okay. So she said, We've got to do streetcar. I said, We did streetcar before, I believe. She said, We could do it again. Okay. So we could do it again. And let's bring him down. Um, yeah, he is an unbelievably uh, good-looking fella. And um, I was just looking at pictures today of Marlon Brando in that as well. And oh, really? um, I remember that one of his, the process that he used was he would always, you know, he was Stanislavski trains like you and I were at VCU. Um, and he liked to really like pick like an animal that uh -huh. he could embody. And he chose, believe it or not, like an ape. Or, so he could really? kind of like, yes, I read that somewhere and I can't remember, but just kind of like to take over and be big or it might've been mm -hmm. a gorilla or something. I can't remember, I but he really, if you look at pictures, he is so sexy. He takes yeah, yeah. it over. He is yeah. unbelievably sexy. And I bet you that Blair was just as, it is such oh, a yeah. sexy he role. Did. Yes. When he pulled that shirt off, when he tore that shirt off, I said, oh my Lord. Here Mother we go. and daughter both perspiring <laughs> in the second row. Did you stay and talk to him afterwards? Because I mean, Petersburg's uh, not no, that we far didn't. from him. I think we had dinner or something. But, um, but to answer your question, it's like, we don't really want to just do um, plays that we, our students would um, consider African-American plays. Right, okay. We do plays that will expose them to different genres of theater. We do Shakespeare, we do um, traditional um, classic, uh, American classics. Um, we do, of course, the African-American plays. We do musicals. We right. expose them to all types of plays. Some plays we do, the students are really not, really not convinced that they want to come see. Uh -huh. So after they come see it, uh, or the first set of students come see it, they're like, oh, this yeah. is kind of good. This ain't bad. So the tweets go out, you know, the messages yeah. go out, and then the audiences are filled with um, people engaging with them. But um, we just think that if we don't expose them, right. then they won't know. That is it's so, so great. Now, who works with you on picking the season? Um, do you we have a committee. Okay. Um, we have um, the Hampton Players, of course, sends us, will send the faculty their suggestions. Okay. And sometimes, because they're, you know, going to college, you, you're there four years. So okay. you only know what happened in those four years you were there uh, yes. or are there. So right. you don't realize that the fifth year we already did that play <laughs> before right. you got there. <laughs> so sometimes they don't, right. they don't quite get that. It, but, been there, done um, that, right. We just did it. We can't yeah, really do it they again. Don't right? 
<laughs> but we, we keep in mind, you know, their suggestions, the faculty will come to the table with their, the things that they want to do. And then we try to put together a season that people want, want to come see the whole season. You know, right. they want to see the first play and the last play. And do you try to pick a season that has kind of a theme? I know artistic directors will do that sometimes. Or do you just pick, you know, like a fall play, a fall musical or two fall mm -hmm. plays and then, you know, whatever. How do you do that? I mean, do you sometimes have a formula? Sometimes a season that has a, um, um, a theme, depending okay. on what's happening nationally. Okay. You know, whether or not we want to do a theme this year or we want to just do um, things that we think people will enjoy and that will complement our audiences and our students. Sure. But sometimes, um, or we'll see something over the summer or summer before and we'll say, hey, put this on the list for next year because mm -hmm. of what you saw. Like right. I've, I saw, um, I directed an opera piece for Virginia Opera. Um, recently. That's down in that area, in the Hampton, Norfolk area. It's a, an amazing mm -hmm. theater. What did you direct? Uh, it's actually, it was a, um, a tour piece that they did. Um, and it wasn't a full, a complete um, opera, but what it made me think mm -hmm. was I want to direct a full opera again because I did um, uh, Tremonitia a while ago. I saw that on your resume. And I was like, you know, when I did Truman and Show, I really liked directing that opera. So I think I'm going to direct Porky and Bess. And, oh. and, and so when I said that, the people remember me goes, Dr. Ward, Porky and Bess, you really do take on some big things. <laughs> so I know. I think the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to direct Porky and Bess. And they were like, okay, all right, whatever. Oh. You know? Did you do it? Did you do it? Or is I that haven't. That's, I, just, I just came up with that idea. I said, when we come out of this pandemic, I mm -hmm. think I want to direct Porky and Bess. Um, and so, I mean, me we may not end up doing it, but... Me, you would do an amazing job with you'd be amazing in it um but you would do an amazing job with let me ask you a question and that's going to take us and you said what's happening nationally and you said uh we talked about this and we said we thought we would be remiss if we did not bring up what's going on right now um uh -huh. with uh -huh. black lives matter and uh the uh, broadway issues that are coming out you know dear white american theater hashtag we see you um and then the broadway um coalition um with the poor game best. There was an issue about a year ago where Budapest Theater, mm -hmm. Budapest, they did a production of poor game best. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they set it in um, when Eastern Europe was going through all of their horrible times. I mean, rape was happening, uh, murders, uh, drugs. It was horrible. And they set it in a train station. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with this that certain people took was that the cast was white. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but what was going on at the time period is very similar, okay, mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. all of the, you know, problems with, uh, you know, a rape and drugs and, uh, you know, death, all of this. And so there was a problem. People said, I don't think they should do it. And I wrote on Facebook and I got reamed big time. But I said, <laughs> you know, um, my, my feeling is this. If you are going to be an artist and you want to stay open-minded, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure I'd be taken to task again, and you can, you can say I don't agree with you on this, all right? But I want to tell you what I said on Facebook, um, that as a director, okay. if we are going to have a female Hamlet, if we are going to vision um, a all-male Swan Lake, if we want mm -hmm. to do diverse casting, why is it one way? Why can't we do it the other way as well? So, but boy, oh boy, I was taken to task on that. And I didn't take my thoughts down, but I did write a letter back to the Richmond Theater community page and just said to the person who runs it, I said, I want to just state my feelings on this and then, but don't make it be another comment. Just put it up there as, a, as an apology to people that I offended. But this was why I said it. Mm -hmm. Do you think... What are your feelings about, since you love Porgy and Bess, and if Budapest Theater, the, the Budapest Opera Theater was doing it, um, and the setting, what they were, where they were putting it, do you think it's wrong of them to attempt a production, or should it just be one way? Well, first of all, I would, um, I guess I would question more so um, why they chose that particular play to exemplify or illuminate those particular issues right and they could have perhaps chosen 
another um, production or another play or even written something to that would have been more specific to their um, specific, their specific um, issues. Issue. They shouldn't yeah. culturally appropriate this piece right. um, that is predominantly, you know, right. black, right? right? Okay. For that. Because a lot of the, it's one thing to do, let's say, colorblind casting. Right. It's another thing to um, modernize um, a production or um, set a production in a different environment. Okay. But it's another thing when you completely, um, I say, transform or trans... Um, or eliminate. Yeah, eliminate the, wipe the, it out. the playwright's intention right. with, the, with the piece okay. by um, doing that. Because there were so many other options. So okay. I'd say with that particular example, I probably would have said, why? You know? okay. and, and I would have needed, I would definitely needed to have more information on their I'm not explaining goals. it very well because I didn't know I was going to bring it up. Um, yeah. But I will send you why, what their, what their um, counter argument was and why they did it. But I agree with you. I think that now with everything that's happened um, mm -hmm. with this, mm -hmm. I, I get it now. Um, mm -hmm. And so we said that we would be remiss, but you are a published author. And, so, and when we talked on the, on the phone, yeah. I hadn't even seen your resume yet. Um, I said, you know what? I bet people are going to be contacting you about the vision forward. How, how we work on having things be equitable, who, and you are a perfect person to have on committees or to be on panels. You have written things such as um, rhetorical paradigms for, cult, for building cultural bridges, the rap on rap, social, political, and economic reason, black theater, is it a multicultural concern? the African-American Initiative Program at Hampton University, and you wrote the status of the BA and BS degree programs in speech and theater at historically black colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. I bet you that you are gonna be on panels, and you've already said you've already been asked to mm -hmm. talk about and um, enlighten and be a part of these discussions that need to happen. They need to happen. And you are such a perfect person to have on these. Tell me who has contacted you or where you think this might go. It's so exciting. Well, I'm really excited to say that. Um, so such a coincidence that I was just contacted by um, a theater in Memphis. And, you know, there's a lot of um, universities between Memphis, Tennessee, and mm -hmm. Hampton, Virginia. Yes. However, they chose to, <laughs> to seek mm -hmm. Hampton. Um, well, just I, think, last I think we've talked, what we've talked about, I think there are reasons why. Yeah, <laughs> we've yeah, yeah, talked yeah. about who you are, and where you put them on the map and who you've been, you know, what you've done and who you are. I think we know why they contact you. So I'm going to toot your horns since you tooted mine. Well, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to, and always um, um, just, just grateful that I can lean, lend some, um, some information toward that, Dawn, because, mm -hmm. you know, I was raised in um, Madison County, a rural county in um, the foot of the Blue Ridge Mountains, mm -hmm. and I went to a predominantly white um, high school. Mm -hmm. Then I went on to the University of Virginia, where I was the one of three Blacks in the theater program. Where they just took down uh, the statue. Right. You know? exactly. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. Thomas Jefferson. Um, but there were only three Blacks in the whole theater program, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I went on to VCU. Hardly not. Where, you know, I was the only Black in the MFA program, you, in the graduate are. program. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. What was I thinking? <laughs> but I had someone who was, I call him my little guardian angel, looking after me, after for, looking um, after me, and to work with me, who, who believed in my talent, who believed in my gifts, and who believed sincerely that I had something to contribute. And who was this? And you know, um, James Parker. Okay, Dr. And Parker, then I went on earlier. to- uh, mm -hmm. Oh, he adored you. Holy moly. I couldn't get him to blink an eye towards me. <laughs> yes. How did you exist with him? But boy, he loved you. Listen. <laughs> I love Dr. Parker. I really do. I, I really miss him. And um, then I went on to be to um, Regent University, where, you know, I was uh, one of like, very few African Americans and Blacks in that program. And as I told you earlier, was the first one to finish, which was a very big surprise. I'm certain. Finish a PhD. 
the PhD. I mean, you've got, yeah, you've got the first your doctorate, one to do the right. PhD. Let's don't, let's don't shy away from that. Let's yeah, tell yeah. people, right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think my experiences, both as uh, a student and an academician, uh, having gone to Hampton University after that and, and worked there for so many years, gives me a unique perspective mm -hmm. on how um, a student, African-American student, feels uh, a, a performer in an African-American, yes. in a um, Eurocentric environment yes. feels. Um, you mentioned that I did Lady Day um, oh, yeah. for Heritage first, and then I did it for Theater Virginia um, later. Right. And it was the uh, Theater Virginia, it was a production that basically was, um, you know, it brought it out of the red. You know, it mm -hmm. was, a, it, it was a, one of the highest selling shows that the theater company had. And I, I thank God for George Black for inviting me to yes. do it. But I recognized my role there. My mission was to come there and to fill those seats. And okay. I think that we need to continue, we need to think about it sometimes about what the mission is for African-American plays and African-American artists, African-American directors, designers, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. as they engage into the, in this industry and really think about what the need is both from the industry, but also from the artists, because you definitely don't want to think about, okay, there's this one African-American play that I mm -hmm. need these artists to come in and do. Okay. But you want to think about the whole spectrum and what they could contribute and what they continue to could continue to contribute throughout your entire season, throughout your entire productions a year, if you're a university, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's one of the things on the um, the letter, and I and I talked about this last week with Tony Cobb, um, mm -hmm. that yeah. the bullet points in that, did you mm -hmm. read the Dear White American Theater? Did you read yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one bullet point in there that really stuck, and it's a lot to to try to, to digest. It's a lot, know. you know, um, and so, and I really, it's not something you can just kind of like read it, glance over and throw it away. It, you really want to digest it and figure out what's really going on. But one of the things they said is kind of what you're hitting on right now. It seemed to me, if I understand it correctly, that they're saying, you know, please don't just bring in one show mm -hmm. as black cast and then put it on your grant forms that, you know, you did this, look at what we did. We did this. And then you go, and then nothing else. Like you're not really kind of supporting us to move forward and be in other shows or think think in a in a broader spectrum. Do you understand what I'm? Is that, is yeah. that kind of one of the that things. That is one saying? of the points. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Um, but I also think that this is a time of 2020 mm -hmm. of great vision mm -hmm. in so many aspects of our lives. Yeah. From a personal standpoint, from a professional standpoint. From an interpersonal standpoint, yes, how we get along with our neighbor who we haven't spoken to in the last 15 years, even though they live right beside us, yeah. and we go out to our cars each morning. And Has get that happened to you? Mm. you oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, how we interact with each other. This is a year of great vision. Okay. A year of great vision. And so as we are um, seeing things from a different perspective, we also need to think about how we have acted in the past. Yes. And that's the past. This mm -hmm. is now. We can't go back and change what happened before. Okay. And how we um, behaved before. Right. But we can change how, what we're doing now. And how and we that's move what's, forward. How we move forward. I loved that. You, you said that. And, you know, because I feel like when this happened, and when the, I felt like I needed to apologize. I felt like I was like the size of a pea. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I don't know. I did wrong but I'm really sorry yeah, yeah, and you yeah. know and you were like look don't beat yourself up you know don't yeah, yeah. don't do that and Stop I was like it. Yeah. Oh, I felt like I could finally breathe when you said that and that's I'm just being honest I felt like I could breathe mm -hmm. and I was like you're like look look you hired you hired someone to come in and direct an August Wilson play did you not mm -hmm. yeah 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 <laughs> it yeah. was it was a white woman right yeah she, she's, white she's on the faculty for what 15 16 17 years she's just retired uh-huh and Fabulous um, director, you said. Fabulous director. Students loved her. Loved right. her. Right. She always had lines of students to audition for her, you know. Mm -hmm. And when she retired, you know, the students were all upset that she was retiring. Aww. And, and what's her name? Let's just say her name. Her name is Robin Boysaw, Dr. Robin okay. Boysaw. Okay. Um, University of Maryland graduate. 
Um, and she, um, you know, she was the, she's the kind of person who takes on anything that you tell her to take on. Come on, Dr. Boisar, you can do it. You know, the only thing I couldn't really get her to do <laughs> was to do the musical. She hated, she's like, Dr. Boisar, I can't direct the musicals. I can't do, I was like, Dr. Boisar, I'm getting tired of directing all the musicals. You can direct the musical. Because that's the slot you, you know, fill in. You love, you do the musicals because yeah, look at yeah, who you've worked with I and what you music, do. Yeah. Right. But, um, so, but she then, that meant that, she ended up directing all the August. She's directed almost all of his plays as a cycle. I think she, there's only At two Hampton University or just in her At career? Hampton University. At Hampton University. So you brought in a white woman to direct yes. August Wilson. And so yeah. when all of this came out, did you go, oops, maybe I shouldn't have done that? Or did you? What, Absolutely what? not. Okay, Absolutely good. Absolutely not. <laughs> One thing I, first of all, I know that um, Dr. Boisson knew. One thing I, I'm very careful about, and I think that I'm, I'm pretty good at, is to determine whether or not someone's capable. Right, right. She's been trained by the best, and she knew what she was doing as far as directing is concerned. Okay. The other part of it is we've always toyed with the fact of whether a white person can direct a black play with okay. black actors. Fabulous. And always, you know, said, you know, can that happen? And can what did you be effective? What did you? Can, can it, could can it, it, can it be? And, and the thing of it is, is that if the person is trained in the pedagogy of, um, of directing, mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. There is a layer of, of course, that um, understanding that culture, yes. that they have to be willing to embrace, mm -hmm. to absorb, to go that, you know, that nine mile to understand. But at the, the end of that, at the end of that, the students, in my opinion, end up learning a lot about what people don't know about them and mm -hmm. that they can teach them. And the person directing, if they're open yes. and they're willing to learn, they will learn a lot about other, the other culture that they did not know and that they're willing to absorb and to understand about that culture. So now there's a win-win situation. That's amazing. If we don't ever do that, uh -huh. what will happen? We'll still be segregated. We still won't infuse right. one with right. the other. And the whole no point understand. is that we need to work together more. And, and like you said, don't come out of your exchange. house and not say hello to your neighbor. It just, it's all about the exchange. It's right. all about the conversations and not getting angry right. and just being a part of it. You know, um, I find right. that right. Uh, fascinating. One of the things that Tony mentioned last week, we'll talk about this and then I, I have one more question for you um, before we head off. He said that, you know, if you're going to direct something and maybe you're a white director doing an August Wilson play, for example, um, like Dr. Robin B., um, maybe bring in a dramaturg, like a, someone who has, you know, information about the African-American uh, experience during that time, mm -hmm. the 1950s or the 1960s or whenever it was. Um, and I think that is a brilliant idea. And that's one of the ways that it, probably this problem could be solved. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a definite inroad there. And um, the one thing I, that you can guarantee that if you're on the wrong path, mm -hmm. um, I, what I have learned from being at Hampton for these years mm -hmm. is that the first people who are going to let you know you're on the wrong path <laughs> are those students. <laughs> let me tell you, you're going in the wrong direction. Yeah, they are. They're at the age where they yeah, do think yeah. that they can, they know it all. And this is not what I, what we need to be doing, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, that is so funny. Well, this has been an unbelievably wonderful conversation. And I just, everything you've done is just astounding. And um, I hope that when all of this quarantine is over that I can get my butt down to Hampton. It's only an hour, 10 minutes away yes, and must, see yeah. one of your shows and come down and, you know, have a drink with you where you can pour yourself a nice tea glass of wine and I'll have my little wine glass. <laughs> I'm done. Are you, are you still got a little bit going on? You haven't had as much to drink as me, but um, this has been the best conversation. And um, I just appreciate you coming so much. Let me ask you the one last question. So if Karen Turner Ward, Dr. Karen Turner Ward, were not um, as talented in the arts as she is and how always has been, what do you think you might have been? Like what, what would be a career that has nothing to do with theater or performance? What do you think you might have done? Nothing to do with theater or the arts or anything like that. Nope. Uh, nope. 
I mean, no, it can if you, if you think that there isn't anything else, but what do you think you might have done? Are you ready for this? No, probably not. I don't, I don't know if you're ready for it. I don't know if I'm ready either. I wish I had more wine. I'd take a sip right now. Oh, gosh. What? Tell me. I truly think that I would have been a race car driver. <gasps> okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like NASCAR? you NASCAR. Do you drive fast on the interstate, Karen? Are you a fast no, driver? No, I don't. I don't. I, sli- I drive like an old maid. I do. Well, uh, then where lady. does this drive come from? What are the words? Do you go to the, like the, the, the race plate? I mean, do you go out there and, and do a little I, fast car thing on the track? I really think I would have been good at it. I think I would have been good at it. I think I would have been good at driving race cars in NASCAR. Well, I think that yep. that need to um, that thrill, that uh, expertise, that um, that attention to detail, that that drive um, that we've yeah, talked that about team, the entire putting the team together. I think I would have been good at. Um, at first, I used to say, you know, I was going to be a lawyer. I was okay, I, I can I see that be an too. Attorney. Okay. And, um, but I don't think I said, oh, I don't want to be a lawyer. Uh, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, no. Oh, Lord, no, I can't. I can't. Because Shakespeare says, you know, first right. let's kill all the lawyers. Like, you can't do that. You can't do that. So what? Right. So a race can't car driver. Unbelievable. But you know what? That drive that you have and that passion and that setting a goal, like the goal, the end is in sight and you just go for it. And you have had that with your career um, mm. ever since you've been in school. So I, I can see that, you know what? You always have another time. You can always have that second encore career is what it's called. And That's it, true. You, there is, there is still hope. You still can do that race car driving thing um, okay. in your encore career um, when, you, you know, when you retire from this fabulous job that you're doing right now. You just gonna <laughs> be a race car driver in NASCAR or would it be like the Speedway thing? Like what? <laughs> NASCAR would be perfect. NASCAR would be perfect. Oh my God. If they, would take, you. Look, if they would take an old retiree to come into NASCAR, <laughs> you know, I would have that tide or whatever on my car and just keep on moving. <laughs> I love that so, so much. Well, listen, I love you. I wish you the I very best too, during this Thank time. You. And as the fall, you know, starts up with the college and everything. But you know what? I have no fear that whatever happens, you will come out like a shining star and, and, you, the, and the university will as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Don't be a stranger. Okay. Take care now. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I think that about does it for this week's podcast. I can't thank you enough for listening. Remember, you can find me on Facebook under ACT and on Instagram and Twitter under Acting Pod. Or you can visit my website at www.dawnwestbrook.com and ask questions, give suggestions, and feedback. But for now, as W.C. Fields once said, a man's got to believe in something. So, my noble artist and my happy troop of theater trolls, I do believe I shall have another drink. (laughs) May the footlights burn bright and your interactions, both on stage and off, be rewarding. Thanks for joining me. I'm Dawn Westbrook, your host, and this is ACT. This week's podcast is sponsored by the Martha Hill Newell Playwrights Fund.